There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, 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 and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Hello Steve O podcast for this Monday, the 13th of June, 2022. And I can only start off with the humblest of apologies. I'm very sorry. Those of you who are on social media or on Instagram knew what was going on. Those of you who weren't did not know what was going on. And um, I, th- I-, I found it interesting, the interactions over the weekend, because obviously you're expecting Hello Steve O podcast to come out last Friday. And again, I've said it a million times, I haven't even decided what day I'm going to be bringing it out on, but it seems that Friday's a good day. And I used to beat myself up when I, was, when I started off Hello Steve a podcast about like, has to be Tuesday, has to be Tuesday, or whatever day I was, I was bringing it out on. And for some reason, it's fallen to, to come out on a Friday this time around. And um, by the way, I've left the window open here in the office because I thought it'd be nice to hear some atmosphere. I was looking out the window. There's a guy um, doing de- delivery uh, across the way. There's, and I was just going, oh, yeah, sure. Look at us. We're all doing our work. I'm chatting here into microphone. He's delivering stuff. Look at us working. Anyway, I've lost. I, I, I need to stop doing that. I, I didn't take the old, uh, the old uh, attention attention supplements. So I've, I'm realizing I'm already all over the place. But anyway, what was I saying? Um, oh, I'm not going back. What was I saying? <laughs> um, that uh, the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. That I didn't decide on what day I was going to bring it out. So everybody's become accustomed to it coming out on a Friday. And the odd time, I haven't got it done on the Friday because. Fridays, like the weekends, are actually a crazy time for me to be trying putting a podcast out because it's like the craziest time of the week for a stand-up comedian. So I don't know why it fell on a Friday. I think, I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember. But anyway, it fell on a Friday. So in my head, I've kind of been doing it on a Friday. But then sometimes I've been too busy to get out on the Friday, so I've even given myself the grace and said on social media, sorry, it's not going to be out till tomorrow. And this is the first time, this weekend is the first time that I wasn't even able to bring it out on a Saturday. Now, you must know my intentions. I did intend to bring it out on, pardon me, hiccups, slash burps. I did intend to bring it out on Saturday. I did my daughter's stuff in the morning, um, and she was going to be off for the afternoon, so I said I'll drop by the office, pop in, record a quick podcast, put it up, sorted. Nobody will know the difference, because I wasn't putting up in another post going, sorry, it'll be tomorrow. (laughs) But, of course, the messages started coming in, where's the podcast? 
and uh, I, I can't, I, I'm going to guess it was like, oh, I know what time it was. It was quarter past 11 Saturday morning. I tur- Half 11, actually, by the time I turn up to my office building, which is completely locked, chained up. It's usually open on a Saturday. Um, I didn't know that for whatever reason. I still haven't found out it wasn't open this Saturday. Usually it's open for uh, certain other activities going on within the building. It wasn't this Saturday. So I stood outside going, God damn it, and all my gear, all my recording equipment left in the office, and I'm trying not to bring it with me places because I'm trying to leave all my work stuff in the office so that when I go home, I go home, and I don't work. So all the recording equipment up in the office, and I just did a quick Instagram story, said, sorry guys, it's going to be Monday. But I also did say, and maybe I should regret saying this, I'm going to do a double whammy this week. So I'll do today's podcast, and I'll do another one on Friday as well. Um, as as way of apology, I do apologize. Um, and I also, if you like, if you have any, pre- I don't think you have preference on what day comes out. That's the thing. I've already spent five minutes talking about this when you guys probably don't actually give a shit what day comes out because you have all your other podcasts lined up. So the idea should technically just be: look, bring out a podcast every Friday. Sorry, not every Friday, every week. When it comes out in the week, shouldn't affect guy people too much because I I think that you guys have it all lined up anyway. As to what, um, you know, you've got your other podcast to be listened to. That's my theory anyway. But we'll see. I did ask you before, and nobody really said shag all about it. Like, how does Friday feel for you? Does, do people listen to podcasts the weekend? I don't really know. I'm a little bit out of the loop because I don't have a regular schedule. Like lots of other people do with their jobs, they might have a bit more of a regular schedule. I don't. I tend to listen to podcasts at completely random times. I listened to a whole podcast yesterday on a Sunday afternoon. Who listens to podcasts on a Sunday when Formula One and football is on? But it just so happened I was going to the shops, getting a few bits and pieces, listening to podcasts when all that's happening. So anyway, if you have any preference, do let me know at the Stephen Mullen on Instagram or email the show oh podcast at gmail.com and as I say that I realize that I've come on here recording and I didn't even bloody well check the old um the old uh, email so actually with the power of magic here I can pause this recording watch this and I'll be back in a split second for you guys in your ears Tana Magic. I've been there for five minutes checking the messages and so all that. I'll go through them at the end of the show. But you can uh, hear how all over the place my head is already. <laughs> um, and I'm a bit... I think you can hear my voice. I apologize. It's a little bit... I can hear it in my headphones. It's a little bit... Um, is it hoarse or nasally or something? I think it's a bit hoarse. Um, I did get... Uh, I had a cough before I got COVID. And I've had a cough for quite a long time now, un-COVID related. I've had my lungs scanned. I've had the camera up my nose and down my throat to have a look at my vocal cords because it has been, the cough has been very on and off and it will hit me on certain days. Like yesterday, I just had a bad day with the cough. I've no idea why. And, um, little tiny bits of phlegm, um, and it was just very irritating, can be hard to sleep, and then I cough so much that, you know when you cough so much that you get a headache, like your temples are hurting you, so, uh, but before that, it's been probably a good month that I haven't had an issue with a cough, but then it kind of, it'll come, and it'll be like two really rough days of it, I'm wondering, the latest thing I'm wondering is if it is, uh, if, if it's allergy to something, um, like pollen or something like that. So um, maybe I'll go to the pharmacy and try the antihistamines. I've been on. I've I've had steroid inhalers. I've had. I'm finishing out some other medication that the doc, doc, doctor gave to me. And if that doesn't work, we're going on to. Some, <laughs> I'll be going on to something else. So um, 
yeah, don't quite know what the problem is there. But the end result of it can be that my, my voice is a little bit hoarse like this, which is very worrying, to be honest with you, when you make money using your voice, you know? If I have to go back narrating a, a, a TV show in the coming months, I hope it, you know, it's not going to affect me then. Um, so and it has a fa- like I did have to do a voiceover job a, a couple of months ago, uh, or sorry, a few weeks ago actually, and I went into the studio and it was it, the cough thing was annoying me and it was affecting my voice and it's not good when that's your bloody job, you know. The vocal cords are fine, by the way. They said they're just maybe slightly red, but um, but they seem fine. It was cool to see it all, to be honest with you. I don't know if anyone... Look it up on YouTube, what vocal cords look like, because we all have them, obviously. But to look at them makes you realize how they work. You know, like, I never really thought about it. But honestly, apologies for any sensitive listeners. But if... And if there's any children listening, if you're listening to this out loud, please just beware of what I'm about to say next. The vocal cords look like a vagina. It's true. When the camera goes down, it looks very much like a vagina. That is kind of going... It's like flapping at you. <laughs> Butterfly flaps kind of on the vagina. And um, But it was fascinating to look at because the, the nurse who carried out the procedure... You know, I walked me through the whole thing, and um, they get to do different sounds while the camera's down there, so you get to see how it works. What was fascinating is actually is that I can go, like she said, we wouldn't see this a lot normally, but I can do like falsetto uh, quite well. So, uh... so you can hear that croaking up there. That's the bit that annoys me, but it's gone. But when my voice goes into. <coughs> That kind of noise. Um, the whole throat closes over. It's crazy. So apparently I've got really good muscles all around my voice box and it really moves it all very well. So it's fascinating when it's not something that I was particularly aware of or it was a thing. Now, obviously, if you're a professional singer, etc., etc., you're well aware of all these types of things. But she was just saying by looking down at the vocal cords and all the muscles around it, you can see very clearly that it's somebody who who's, who's uses their voice, you know. Um. So it's all good, but this cough just came back again yesterday out of nowhere, and it's uh, yeah, it just becomes painful. It makes me a bit croaky and all that stuff. Um, but I'm fine. It doesn't make me sick or anything. That's just irritating more than anything. So, what has been going on the last couple of weeks since we last spoke? Well, I told you in the last few episodes that I had work in progress shows coming up, but also we had the Kilkenny Cat Laughs Festival. Now, if you're not from Ireland, let me explain the Kilkenny Cat Laughs. And I'm actually surprised at how many people in Ireland also don't know what the Kilkenny Cat Laughs is. So I can just explain it to everybody. I don't know exactly how long Cat Laughs has been going for. I, I think it's over 25 years now at this stage. So yeah, since the late 90s. But it was a real... Um, a comedy festival started, and it's a bit random that it's in Kilkenny because, you know, it's not one of the major cities in Ireland. It is a city before anybody goes, it is technically, I mean, it is named a city, even though it's tiny. But Kilkenny is kind of towards the south of Ireland, but it's pretty much the south of the Midlands, really, in Ireland. So it's a little bit of a random place to put on a comedy festival, right? But it's also a little bit random of a comedy festival because the history of the festival is fascinating because they've literally had comedians from all over the world come to this festival down the years and 
Like, I'm talking, like, the big ones. Like, Louis C.K. has been to Kilkenny Cat Laughs a few times. Um, Adam Hills, who has his own show, Aussie comedian in the UK, is always over. But you had, literally, you name it, Noel Fielding, Jason Manford, Peter Kay. Um, I'm just trying to think of more bigger U.S. ones. Lots of Australian ones and all that. Because of Bill Burr. Like, all these people have played Kilkenny Cat Laughs down the, the years. John Bishop, who I got to meet in the Hamptons at Des Bishop's wedding. Lovely gentleman. Um, he uh, was a regular the cat last for years as well so it feels like it's a little bit of a legendary festival like there's not even many festivals in for example in the uk that would get the, the likes of that kind of caliber of stand-up comedian coming over but that's the, the crazy thing it's coming over and playing to to kilkenny they come to kilkenny you know this small city in the middle of ireland you know um and obviously always you've you've always had the the top acts dylan morn the top irish acts dylan morn Ardla Hanlon, Tommy Tiernan, etc., etc. I don't think Billy Connolly has ever done it. I think he was probably too big for it by the time. Yeah, he definitely would have been. He was way too big by the time Cat Labs came along. But, um, so it's a bit of a legendary festival, but because of the pandemic, it's definitely suffered in the last two years. So the first time it was supposed to be on um, in 2020, obviously it was cancelled, and they tried to make it into a kind of a podcast festival where they had a few of us down to do a podcast, and um, it was just really difficult to do. It was it was really hard to do. Then the next year, they did do a, a festival, but it was all socially distanced, so, uh, so that was 2021, but it was all still a little bit weird. So this year, it fell 2022 that it was finally the, um, it was the cat laughs coming back. And it was to a point, um, and it was, by the way, it's very exciting for me because I did my first cat laughs in 2019, which was the first, uh, it was uh, obviously the last normal one before the pandemic. So I was, look, I got one spot at it. So I was looking to move up and kind of be doing more spots and, you know, get more involved. And honestly, when I did it in 2019, I wasn't doing comedy that long. And it was a big, it was like one of the things on the list that you want to do, a bit of a dream of mine to do cat laughs, you know, um, because of the fact that all the legendary people that have played the cat laughs, number one, Rich Hall is another person who's always there, actually. Um, but also because they have this legendary game of football at cat laughs, which down the years was a comedian's game of football and honestly the whole town would come out to watch it like you like league of ireland uh, which is the you know it's the you know the the top uh, soccer football league in ireland don't get as many crowds as what cat laughs do because everybody comes out to watch the comedians play football you know and uh, so like i would have seen pictures of, literally through google watching videos on youtube down the years like jack charlton one year came down to be the manager for the irish comedians team jack charlton was the national team manager of the republic of ireland when we went to the world cup in 1990 famously and in 1994 and he's like probably still today you know the most successful manager that ireland has ever had even he got involved in cat last game of football one year so that's the kind of caliber it had. Now, it, it's kind of, it's probably uh, past its heyday because, I don't know, life moves on. There were different times. Cat Laughs did so well in the Celtic Tiger when there was loads of money flying around and massive sponsors and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know such is life, ups and, ups and downs, and, you know, that money isn't flying around anymore. And um, so this time around when the Cat Laughs was on, it was great, much smaller affair, and predominantly all Irish comedians 
which was a difficult thing, I think, to do on a couple of levels because I think, you know, because everything came back after the pandemic at the same time, all the live entertainment came back at the same time. Not just comedy. You're talking about bands. You're talking about uh, musicals. You're talking about everything that was live. It's great to have everything back, but the issue is that everybody, all of a sudden, is competing with each other at the same time. Now, obviously, you're always competing with other live entertainment all the time in the real world anyway, but everybody, when the pandemic, well, when, when live shows were allowed to be brought back, there's a backlog because everybody has loads of shows that they have to fulfill that they didn't fulfill before. So there's, there's this pressure at the same time, and it, beca- it made... It has definitely made things difficult for people trying to sell their shows because people only have so much money. And they haven't been going out for two years because of a pandemic. I'm talking about punters. So then punters are going, yay, everything's back. I'm going to see everything. But then they spend all their money on, like, for example, who's going to book more than five gigs in a month? No way. So, you know, you, you, burn, you burn out and then all of a sudden it's, it's tough. It becomes really tough to sell tickets. So Cat Laughs this year, it was really, like, I think it was only two weeks before... Um, that it went ahead. It's always on the June Bank Holiday weekend. But um, they only decided that they would actually do it two weeks beforehand. And so it went ahead, and it was great. It was brilliant fun. It was great crack. Um, I got to do three shows, and um, and uh, it was it was brilliant. I got to uh, I got to gig with Tommy Tiernan, which is a bit of a dream. Um, again, for those of you who are not from Ireland, I know there's loads of you listening all over the world. In the UK, you might you might not be as familiar with Tommy Tiernan, but he's, I mean, he's pretty well known all over the world, but he is a, an amazing comedian. Um, so it was a pleasure to work with somebody like that. Um, but the whole weekend was full on for me because I had lots of gigs last night, doing lots of club gigs. And then I get get down to Kilkenny. And I was a lucky boy that I booked a corporate gig as well for the Saturday afternoon. So I went down on Saturday morning. I forgot, Jesus, this is how much of a safe head I am. Didn't I miss? Oh, yeah, no. The way down was fine. Yeah, I made the train down fine. That was fine. I got down there, got to my hotel. um, They were like, your room isn't ready, which is at 3 o'clock. I was like, how is your room not ready in a hotel at 3 o'clock? That's very late, isn't it? Um, But immediately I could see that that hotel was under pressure under major pressure, because there was a couple of weddings there that day on the Saturday. You could see it wasn't one wedding. I think there was a bit of a mix-up on one stage. I felt really bad, because when I was legging it out the hotel at one point, they had the big red carpet out for the bride and groom to come in, and for their big, you know, hey, you're welcome to the party type thing. But they were kind of walking in, kind of looking around, going, where's the reception? And like, where's, where's our round of applause or whatever? And there was nobody there to greet them. It was so awkward. And I think I think that maybe the previous wedding had gone in or something like that, and they'd just forgotten about this couple coming in. It was pure mortified. But anyway, I arrive, and the woman says, your hotel's not going to be ready for another hour, to which I said, I had to do it. I, got, I had booked a gig like that I had to start in half an hour's time, and I was like, <laughs> I said, I have to do a job now. Also, this is part of the job. I, I, I might sound like a bit of a dickhead saying this, but... You know, it's it is like I'm not paying for the hotel. This is all part of the job, and if if they don't have my room ready for me, then I can't do the job that I'm being paid for later on. So it's just like your room's not ready, and I said I need to go do a job now. So <laughs> so she starts typing away on the thing, sorts me out with a room. 
get up, get changed, have the shower, go off to this corporate gig for a lovely drinks company um, that I, I, I would more than happily name if they wanted to pay for sponsorship on the podcast. <laughs> but the whole thing of this, uh, 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 the idea of this corporate gig was that they wanted uh, to promote their brand, to promote their drink, but they all they wanted to do in in conjunction with Kilkenny Catlaff. So their idea was that they'd have me there, that have people going out into the street and going, can you tell us your funniest story? And would you be willing to tell your funny story to a crowd full of people on a microphone like a stand-up comedian? And you could win two nights in a beautiful hotel in Cork, and then anybody who gets a story, who tells a story gets a, a free drink of the drink, and they were given bottles away of their drink as well. Here's why it was interesting, because I just thought, I was emceeing it, I was like, there was a pub full of chatty people, I was just kind of going, here's what's going on, here's what we're going to do, having the crack with people, here's what you can win, just promoting the whole thing, but then going, um, this is the weird thing, as comedians, or I don't even think that as comedians, as performers or whatever, I never think of it as being a thing to go up and talk on a microphone. I just don't think of it as a thing, right? I just assume everybody can do it, right? And I still kind of do until you watch people who don't do it for a living and realize, oh my God, you have no fucking clue what's going on here. <laughs> so there's loads of people went up to tell their stories because they wanted to win the prizes, they wanted to win some drinks, they wanted to... Um, win the two nights in the hotel loads of people got up but then I watched them basically be completely shell-shocked stand up there in the microphone to tell their story to the where they were completely incomprehensible you couldn't hear what they were saying you couldn't understand what they were saying because they just changed into this other thing where they would go up to tell their joke also, sorry, the best joke of the whole thing wins wins the two nights. But they would go up there to tell their joke, and they'd be go, uh, so okay, bye. And you're going, what? Like, I didn't even understand what they were saying. And some people getting up there to tell their joke were were up there for less than ten seconds. I'm like, what is the? How is that a joke? Some of them came up with really smarmy stuff as well. That was like, uh, my, my my joke is that uh, um, that I'm up here. <laughs> bye. It was car crash, right? So then we had to change the format up because I was realizing these people haven't a fucking clue. I can't be relying on them to go up and go tell their joke as if they're going to perform anything adequate. Like literally not one of them was able to speak on the microphone. And we went through about five people. And I was like, I hear we have to change this up. So then the people that we were bringing up, I started to interview them. So, hey, what's your name? You know, get them to calm down into it. What do you do? Have a bit of crack. Take the mickey out of them. Blah, 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 blah. And then kind of go, are you ready to tell your joke? Or like, and, and, and enunciate very clearly so that they tell the joke. Anyway, a guy who was a teacher won it in the end. Who, you know, obviously there's some sort of performance with regards. He's, a, he's used to talking in front of people. But, I mean, he wasn't great either. He was a bit of a mumbler. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So that was my afternoon. So I get down to Cat Laughs. I do that gig. I was kind of panic eating in between that while it was going on because my agents were there as well. They were kind of going... Um, just making sure everything was okay and kind of talking to the client and all that kind of stuff, the blah, 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 sorting everything out, trying to figure out what way, because it's one of these things that you kind of, nobody knows exactly how it's going to work or how it's going to happen, so you have to think on your feet and make these things happen. But I hadn't eaten. So my agents were kind of looking after me chips as I would run in between, uh, run over in between talking to these people who can't tell jokes, eat a chip, run back, try to keep the thing on the road. Anyway, we got a winner, the teacher won it, Everyone's delighted. It actually ended up being a bit of crack because it was car crash at the start, but it ended up being a bit of crack. The client was really happy, so we'll you know we'll do it again in future. And uh, we worked. We figured out we figured out that the interview way was a better way of doing it as opposed to going here. Come up and tell your story because they haven't a clue. But then I had to go straight from there to Langton's Ballroom. So Langton's is a very famous hotel venue that has two theatres in there. Um, It's a nightclub at the weekends. It's a bit of a mad, mad camp altogether. But I've always wanted to play Langton's Ballroom because I think it's the biggest room at Kilkenny Calafs. I could be wrong because I think there's 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 hotels on the outside of the city that they do uh, shows in as well. But I haven't actually been there. But Langton's Ballroom is a bit legendary. I remember going to Langton's when I was like 17, 18. And I was on my builder's holidays with a couple of lads from the sites. And we just went down and we stayed in a in a hostel. And we went out on the town in, in Langton's and we grey crack. And actually, the two lads that went down with me uh, both met girls on that weekend. And they're both married to them with kids now. <laughs> what are the chances? Um, I met no one. <laughs> uh, but they're still plumbers and electricians. Anyway, that wasn't a slight on them. I'm just saying that they found their path much earlier than I did, is what I was articulating there. Anyway, Langton's Ballroom, big massive room. So it's a, I'm guessing like four or 500 people, maybe more. Um, a bit echoey, but it's kind of cool. 
big like chandelier over the top, massive bar the whole length of the room at the back of the room. And the only annoying thing as a comedian is that behind that bar is a massive mirror the length of your room, a length of the room. So you can see yourself the whole time as you're performing. But the excitement for me was that I was emceeing that show and we had Shane Daniel Byrne was on, Angela Barnes was on, and the headliner was Tommy Tiernan, legend of Irish comedy. So I was excited to work with him, excited to be doing a gig with him. And it's six o'clock. The show was kicking off at six o'clock. And the way the cat laughs works is you'll have shows basically from four and the last show would start at maybe 10 p.m. So they're going on throughout the day. So I'd gone from this corporate gig. I had the 6 o'clock show of the Tommy Tiernan one. And then I had to go, I think it was an 8 p.m. No, it couldn't have been an 8 p.m. Because it wouldn't have been finished by then. Maybe it was a 9 p.m. show with David O'Doherty that I was doing after that. So I had to run to the next venue after the Tommy Tiernan gig, right? But you'd think a show at 6 p.m. would be lovely crowd. Nice and easy. You didn't take into consideration that it's a bank holiday weekend in Kilkenny. And also it's full Langton's Ballroom, is full. People are booking that show a lot of the time because they want to see Tommy Tiernan, right? So that whole room kind of don't give a real shit about anyone else who's on the stage. But not only that, because it's a bank holiday weekend at 6 o'clock, you'd think they'd be sober. <coughs> it's also Kilkenny. So I think Cat Laughs down the years would have had a lot more people traveling to Kilkenny from other parts of the country, from maybe more larger cities, other parts of the country, to come and enjoy the, the gig. You might argue, you might, I'm not saying this, you might argue that they're more cultured people, like from Dublin or from Cork or from Galway. But this show was clear, like I even asked the crowd, pure Kilkenny people from Kilkenny, right? Country people from Kilkenny, and they're there to see Tom Tiernan. We're here to see Tom Tiernan. Six o'clock. I realize every one of those people in the audience, the 500 of them, have been out drinking all day. They are buckled, hammered farmers. I walk out on stage. Also, a shout out to the volunteers and thank you so much for your lovely work. However, some of the volunteers aren't as experienced as other volunteers who have been doing cat last for years so they do things like we'll start the music we'll start the show oh there's still hundreds of people walking in the door oh the bar is still open so it is fucking mayhem when i walk out on stage i literally walk out to the room and i go oh jesus i'm like why did they let me out here why is the bar still open why is there pe- still hundreds of people getting their seats And I don't know if it's because of the podcast or where. Maybe they saw me on stage somewhere else. I don't know. But I walk out and there's a few women in the front row going, Steve! I'm like, hi, that's great, lovely. I've got fans in the front row. Steve! Like, grand. I'll I'll chat to everyone else. How's everyone else here doing a Kilkenny? Steve! Didn't fucking stop. And it turned out that those people in the front row ended up being the problem for the whole of the show. I spent, I was supposed to do like five minutes at the top, do some jokes, get them warmed up, bring on the first act. I was up there for ten minutes trying to fucking crowd control, trying to get them to shut up, trying to get them to listen, trying to get people to sit down, trying to get the bar closed. 
And I just about did that before I brought on Shane Daniel Byrne, who did do a wonderful job of managing to get them to relax. Well, just not even relax, just start listening to his jokes. Then the wonderful Angela Barnes goes on. A legend of comedy. I mean, she's been on the UK circuit, I don't know how long. She's on TV, 8 out of 10 cats, does all the panel shows, all that stuff. And she was doing fantastically because she's a fantastic comedian. And then I can hear some conflicts going on between her and a fellow in the front row because I can hear 500 people going, ooh. You're thinking, Jesus, what is going on out there? And you could feel it was a little bit too wild. The, the volunteers, the ushers were nervously coming into me going, uh, you might have to wait before um, when Angela finishes because we might have to throw these people out. I'm like, fuck's sake, will you get the fucking show sorted? Turns out Angela came back. I introduced Tommy, and Tommy went on. Angela came back, and she's rightly fuming, because what the guy said to her was, we're not here to see you. We're here to see Tom Eternal. To which it's like, grow up. Fucking idiot. She tore him a new one, like, obviously. And she still got, like, multiple applause breaks, like... But she was right, she was fuming. like, why are they being rewarded? They should have been kicked out and not get to see Tommy Tiernan if they're going to be behaving like that. And she was right. I just don't think they had the, the right security at that show. And those guys were evidently coked off their heads because they were just too chatty. And then Tommy finishes. I get on. I say thank you to the acts and round of applause and all that kind of stuff. And as I'm doing that, the guy in the front row, like I'm evidently talking, stands up right in my face, puts on his coat, turning his back to me like I'm off. To which I went, if only that cunt had done that an hour ago. To which, obviously, got a massive cheer, etc. But I would have loved him to string a little bit more out of it. I was like, excuse me, sir, just as you're standing there, because you're in the perfect position to see how many people in this room collectively hate you right now at the same time. Look at them, hundreds of them. They all hate you. But anyway, that was that show, legged it off, and I was kind of a bit like, because you're in combat mode when that kind of happens. Legging off to the next gig, which was a David O'Doherty show with Enya Martin and Colin O'Regan on it. But of course, that crowd was completely the, the nicest crowd of all time. But I was just wired, like, ready for, for fecking war, to be honest with you. And uh, there was a one drunk guy in that gig at the front row, and he, was just, he just piped up at the wrong time for a moment, and I went through him for a shortcut because I was already, like, I was just in that mode, you know? I tore him to bits. He couldn't even get a word out. I can't even remember what he said. He just looked at me the wrong way for a second. I figured out that he was English, and I went to town on him for about a minute. And that was it. He showed up for the whole rest of the gig, and we had a lovely gig. They were all fantastic. Uh, Colin Morgan was great, and Martin was great, and David O'Doherty, as always, was fantastic. So that was a lovely evening. But what happened, basically, by the time I got off stage at that gig and close off that gig it was gone 11 o'clock so i had been performing from 3 p.m till past 11 p.m that's a lot i know that that's what i do in a normal job that's what that's what i do in my that's a fucking normal eight hour working job Stephen. it's not because you're not performing it's a very fucking different thing i've worked enough fucking day jobs to know the difference i would have like yeah I've worked the sites, thank you very much, all right? I've worked the restaurants, thank you very much. I know what an eight-hour working day is like. To be honest with you, actually, being a barista is a bit exhausting from a performative front as well. Or working front of house, because it is definitely performative. You have to put on the, hey, how are you, when you really don't want to. So I was exhausted. Then 
uh, and I, but I had to go out for the few drinks, but I did not make the few drinks because everybody hangs out after us on that night. I was hanging out with Jason and uh, his lovely family. His son came down as well, so that was great crack. So a great crack with them on the Saturday night. And then there was the big comedians game of football, which is one of the questions that I got actually today on Instagram as I have a quick gander again. Oh, no internet connection, the phone says. Um, Mary sent me a message going, um, how is your footwork? You've Argentinian blood, right? Yes, Mary, I do. I don't know if I would attribute my footwork to being Argentinian. Maybe it is. Like, it's definitely something I worked on down the years. We're obviously talking about football here, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe it is down to that. I've never been particularly... I've never admired the... Like, I can admire players like Roy Keane, for example. But I've never been... When I play football, I've never wanted to be that if that makes sense. And so I would have definitely always been inspired by especially South American number 10s, especially Argentinian number 10s, Ariel Ortega, Diego Maradona, uh, Juan Roman Riquelme, Messi, obviously. Do you know what I mean? But the playmaker types, especially Riquelme, because we would have been of, of similar stature, like the same kind of build when I was playing competitively. But I love a game of football and my daughter came down, got the train down uh, to uh, hang out with daddy on the Sunday where we had the comedians game of football, which again, down the years has had so many legends play like uh, Peter Kay, Louis C.K., all these people like Bill Burr, all these guys have played the game down the years. And it was always a bit of laugh. But the, the last couple of years, it's been especially when it's just Irish comedians, it's hard to get the players together. But thankfully we did. We did it on a five side pitch. Um, it's usually Irish comedians versus the rest of the world, but we didn't uh, do that. We kind of did because literally there was like two comedians, two Scottish comedians that would have been the rest of the world, and that would have been they would have been playing against everybody else. So because of my half Argentinianness, I played uh, on the rest with the rest of the world, and um, I um, it was sorry I blanked there. I went and checked the phone. That's happened there. But we got to wear these gorgeous... So Ireland obviously always have green jerseys. And we get you get brand new kits for this. It's great. So like this is my... I have a brand new kit now for my five-side football now for the next year. But the rest of the world team was um, this luminous pink jersey. It was great because they're always white usually. But the luminous pink, oh, it was winner, winner, chicken dinner. I was just delighted with that. Suffice to say, you're asking about my Argentinian footwork, right? The... Later on in the week, some comedians who played for the Irish team introduced me uh, to do a sh- doing a show. And they said that the score was, I didn't know what the score was, the score was about 15-2 to the rest of the world. And they said, their words, not mine, that I, Stephen Mullen, scored the 15 goals. Now, that's definitely not true. I know for a fact I didn't score the 15 goals. And I wouldn't say I even scored 14. I actually think I got way more assists than I did goals. I did score a few. But I was um, doing the thing of like enjoying beating a few players and then uh, passing it off to somebody to have their goal or whatever. Um, uh, and there's plenty of goals I wasn't involved in at all. Thank you very much. So I'm not you know taking all the credit for the whole thing. But I had great crack because... My daughter wanted to run onto the pitch to do a celebration with me when I scored a goal because we'd been joking about doing it at home. But it was in a cage, in a five-side cage. So after I scored one, everybody was kind of chilled out walking back to kickoff and um, she comes running on the pitch. I was like, oh, no, no, we're, we're kind of starting again. It's too late now, hon. But then somebody calls, 10 minutes left. 
And then I was panicking. I said, I promise we'll do one more celebration. Where I was panicking. And I was like, oh, geez, I've kind of been strolling around. I've got to get a goal here. And by that stage, they had started fouling me a lot. So anytime I get the ball, they're all jumping on me like hyenas trying to boot the legs off me. I got fouled filthily at one point. My knee's still cut from it. So I was a bit panicking going, I'm not going to score this bloody goal for my daughter here. She's waiting for it. But then finally, it was very Henri-esque. I got a break down the line, beat one player, and I was coming down the left, opened the body out. And as I was opening the body out, before the keeper, I even said it to the keeper, the keeper was there trying to save my shot. And I'm shouting, here it is, hon. Here's the goal. Here's the goal. Saying her name. And I, I could have missed, obviously. But then I scored. Boom, straight up to the cage. Do the love heart thing. Hugs and kisses. La, 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 la. She got to carry the trophy. Delighted with herself. We got, there's a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that, that night, uh, I was exhausted after that game, to be honest with you. And then that night, um, well, I had another show in Langton's ballroom. The same room where all the hassle started. And I was like, again, kind of a bit pent up, kind of going, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this. Bam, 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 bam. But actually, the loveliest crowd of the whole lot. A nice Sunday evening crowd, cultured, well um, well aware of what, the way a, a stand-up comedy show works at a bloody festival. So they were great crack. And I was on with Colin Regan again, Eleanor Tierney, who was fantastic, and Neil Delamere. So it was great crack. Um, so yeah, I was absolutely, it was a fantastic weekend. So that's the cat laughs. That's what happened at the cat laughs. I was going to tell you about my work in progress show, but I've already gone on way over time here for, uh, for today's show. So I'll keep the work in progress show. I have been uh, doing work in progress shows in, um, uh, I did my first one in, in Dublin, in Chennai. Thank you to everybody who came out to that. I'll talk about that on Friday, on, um, on uh, Friday's episode. Uh, and um, the next one that is coming up, there might there may be a little bit in between, but the 21st, um, it's a Tuesday in Collins in Cork. If you guys are in Cork, um, it's not a ticketed situation. You just turn up and get in. Um, if you can't get in, like there's, there's no way of pre-booking the tickets for that one, unfortunately. I have asked the venue about that. But just get onto the Comedy Cavern. Get onto the Collins website. I'll put the link in the bio here for it. And uh, you can click. It'll give you all the details to the Collins show, what I'll be doing in Cork. Um, at the moment... At the moment, I'm literally, uh, I've got, uh, sorry, I've got two other ones for definite happening in Dublin. Um, I, I would, I would uh, imagine there will be another two in Dublin. So that would be, I, I imagine there will be four in Dublin and possibly five. I'm just doing as many as I can, to be honest with you. I'm trying to get more in Cork. Um, I don't think there'll be work in progress shows happening in Galway. Um, and I can almost categorically say right now I will not go to the UK to do um, to London to do uh, work in progress shows purely because I'm very lucky that I'm getting offered a lot of rooms here to do the work in progress, so which I'm delighted about. So I don't think I'll be doing the work in progress in the UK, but by the time August comes, I will be doing the new show. Um, maybe in the next week or two, you will um, see the, the poster and all that kind of stuff. I'll put it up on the social media for the new show, and uh, you'll get to uh, see what it's, all, uh, what it's all about. And um, that's it. That is it for this week. I apologize that I've taken so long uh, that it's Monday by the time this is coming out. But look, you got an extra. Look, I've gone on long today, haven't I? You know? Loads of info. You got to hear all about the cat laughs. It was great crack. If you have any questions, do hit me up on Instagram at the Stephen Mullen or do email hello Stevo podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I just quick check on the questions here again. I just another one has come in there. Somebody did ask, bum 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 bum. Why is comedy not a school subject? 
Mm, I mean, I'm a comedian. I don't organize uh, educational systems. <laughs> uh, Comedy is not even a subject. It's not a subject in, in university, and it's not a subject. Um, it's not really, there's not a lot of, there's a very few people or, who attempt to teach comedy. Um, there's very few institutions that do comedy courses or all that kind of stuff. Very few. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, I'm going to, because I'm no expert, but I'm going to say it's because comedy can't be taught. And it's even interesting in my, uh, at my level, which is not the top at all, but I'm, I, I, I'm a professional comedian. I make a living from it. Even asking the comedians that are far more experienced than I am, that are far better and doing it far longer than I am, when I ask them for advice, they actually, a lot of them don't really like giving advice. And that's not because of being assholes. I think it's a real sense of, I can't tell you what, what your thing is going to be because you go find that for yourself. There's no formula for comedy. Um, so, uh, comedy being taught in schools. I think I have, I think there's a few people actually... Now that I say it, there's a few people going into Carl Spain, Danny O'Brien, Brian Gallagher, are actually going to schools and doing some classes in transition year, but they're not teaching you really how to do it. It's just more of a case of helping young people to get up and learn how to tell a joke or learn how to talk to an audience. So there is people doing little bits and pieces like that, but stand-up as a craft, as they're going out and writing routines, the only way you can figure it out is going out in front of live audiences. That's the only way to get good at it. You can't teach it in school. Isn't there a famous saying of those who can't teach? Those who can't, comma, teach. And I think if you, yeah, I don't think you can teach it. I mean, it could be completely wrong. And I actually know somebody who did, there's one, I don't know if it's a university course, it's like a technical college course in, I think, Manchester that a few people have done. I think Jamali Maddox talked about doing it. So I think that the guy who wrote, um, oh, the book is here, sorry. There's some good literature on comedy, but again, it doesn't really help you. It doesn't. You, you kind of have to get up and do it. Um, where is it? One second. One second. I don't see it here. It must be up in the house. But I think it's called uh, "Getting the Joke" by Oliver Double, which I still don't like. Is that his real name? But "Getting the Joke" by Oliver Double is. It's like an encyclopedia. Uh, encyclopedic kind of book on stand-up comedy. It gives you the history of it, which is not what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that stand-up comedy is an American art form. Well, that does, this kind of book kind of goes to show that there's stand-up comedy just happened on both sides of the water in different ways. Um, but also how how different comedians... Like, he does interview and chat to loads of different types of comedians and how they do the work completely differently. So you start to understand that, like... You start to understand that um, it's very hard to, 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 to... It is an art form, but it's very hard to... To be able to teach because you just don't know what you, a certain person's individual point of view on life is going to be. Anyway, the answer is there is a little of it being taught. I think it's something decent to do in in transition year, but cam, cam, ultimately comedy is something that really cannot be taught. I think you can facilitate a space for people to get to try it. Um, lots of people think that they can do it, like those people at that corporate gig. 
but lots of people come at it from different angles like when i started doing stand-up comedy i was never worried i've never been worried about performance because i was always i was doing it for years before that when i was in a band when i was acting so performing was never something i've ever thought about i've always had to think of what i want to do with my performance and what i want to write or what i want to talk about whereas lots of people standing out will spend five to six years being good at talking on a microphone you know which is probably the majority of people anyway um, I think that's all the questions. I've gone on so long, but I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, as I say, get in touch with me on Instagram at the Stephen Mullen. Uh, email hello podcast at gmail.com. I will do another pod on Friday, but here you go. This is hopefully going to give, uh, pep you up for the beginning uh, of a fantastic week. I hope you're all well out there and uh, do get in touch. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I'm not doing Patreon or any of that kind of stuff, please do share with other people. Uh, like it, subscribe, whatever you have to do. If it's on Spotify, only give it five stars. Forget about anything else. Give it five stars on your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever else you're listening to. And, you know, I'm not making any money off this. So the be- so all I ask is that you tell other people, have a listen to this podcast. It's great crack. Do tell other people about the show. Uh, I do very much appreciate it. Lots of love, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.